0: Hey, everyone, Sarah Peck here, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Today, we are talking about two things that I love talking about. The first is setting up your values as a business owner and knowing what you stand for. And one of the reasons why this is so important is because when you know who you serve and what you stand for, you actually attract more of those people to your business It's also very efficient because when you say, I work with this specific type of person and this is the type of work that I do, you eliminate a lot of the noise or requests that can take up time and take time away from your business. The second thing that we are talking about today is money. In particular, we're talking about women and money and why it is so important that women make money and how it's actually revolutionary that women make money. So today we're talking to Toy Smith. She is a writer, a mother, a business owner, and a change maker. She has dedicated herself to helping people remember their greatness through their work. And she shares her own story to inspire other women. She also, in this episode, shares her story being the single mother of four kids and what it's like to raise them. There are actually four boys, and in her words, she says, I have a house full of testosterone, and then there's me. And she shares how this fueled her in her work to serve women and to help them accelerate their businesses. So let's get into the show. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Acuity Scheduling. If you haven't switched to a scheduler yet to help you with all the back and forth of figuring out appointments, I highly recommend trying it. Switching to a calendar scheduler changed my life and saved me so much time. So typically, Acuity offers a free two-week trial if you want to give it a whirl, but for Startup Pregnant listeners, they have a 45-day trial for us. Go to acuityscheduling.com slash startuppregnant, and you'll get a 45-day trial. All right, all right, all right. Today's review shout-out goes to The Engine Mom. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. So for people listening, one of the things that we're doing this month is I'm picking at random a review to read out loud on the air. And if that's you, if I read your review out loud, just send me a note at hello at startuppregnant.com and you get something awesome. So today's review is from The Engine Mom, and she says, this review is well overdue. Every time I listen, I'm reminded of how grateful I am for this content. There are so many parallels to having a human baby and a business baby, and this show addresses both. Sarah has a way of digging into the relevant topics around parenting and running a business, and each episode leaves me feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to take action on both compartments of my life. These conversations are so important, and the more people they reach, the greater the influence on the way we look at the work and family life. Well, gosh, thanks so much for that review. That is a really Nice thing to read. Um, Part of the reason I think I'm reading these out loud is because when you're in the thick of it, doing all the work, it's nice to have a little file and go back and look at some of the positive things that people are saying. Um, A friend of mine shares that she keeps a keeper file, and that's a keeper file of all the testimonials or letters or comments she's gotten from people about the positive impact of her work. So thank you so much for leaving a review. And if you want to play along, you can go over to iTunes or anywhere that you listen to this podcast, write us a review, let us know what you think. And then I will randomly pick one to read on air for each of our long form interviews. All right, everybody, we have Toy Smith on the line. I am so excited to have her as a guest on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm so excited for this conversation.
0: Me too. So I want to start by diving into something that really drew me to you when I first started researching you and your work. On your website, you have a page for your mission and values. And I found Mm -hmm. that so honest and refreshing. Can you tell us, how did you come up with this idea? Like, how did this come to be? Can you share the story or the backstory of creating this as part of your online work?
1: Yes. So, you know, I hadn't been in business for a long time, I think maybe like a couple of months, and I had a couple of clients and I was just noticing what the thorough line like between everyone why they wanted to work with me, why they decided to go into business for themselves and all of those things. And so I wanted to make sure when I was bringing on new clients that they understood from the beginning where I stood on things. And so that they had a point where they could say, oh, she would be a good fit because her integrity her morals or her values align with me here, here and here. I think inside of like this online business space, sometimes we don't really know where people stand. They have a jazzy website, a nice sales page, you know, you've heard them on a podcast, but we don't know where they draw the line in the sand. And I wanted to have that so people knew exactly where I was coming from.
0: Was there a moment Like when you didn't have these and you said, oh, I need this. Like what was the impetus to start this specifically? And has there been an evolution in adding values and taking some away? Like, I want to know everything about this. Yeah, I think
1: it started. People would reach out and say, hey, you know, I want to work with you. I would get referrals. I would have like these consults, these free consults with people and walk through their business and tell them how I work. And they didn't really understand that I where I was coming from, like that I have a way that I work and that I work with women and women identified like humans, as I like to say, only. And I had a couple of men that approached me and I wanted it to be clear that I'm here for women and people that identify as women. And so I needed something that was black and white. And right now I haven't had to add or take anything away because people really know where I stand inside of my business. And so when I get people referred to me, my clients, when I did do the mission and values, they 100% knew that that was gonna happen because we've had these conversations. So when I get people referred, they already know where I stand, but I just like to have it on the website for people who are looking around and maybe just shopping around. And there's so many options in the online business space. I wanted to make sure I wholeheartedly stood out.
0: Hmm. One of these values that you share, and I think this is the one that, I mean, they all struck me, right? But Mm -hmm. I'll start with this one. You said financial security for women is non-negotiable.
1: Yes, it is, right? Because we already know the the pay gap. We already know that there's a huge pay gap. And women that come to this work, that want to work for themselves, the women that I work with want to work for themselves, but they also want to change the world in some form or fashion. You know, maybe it's through their coaching practice, through their marketing practice, whatever their business is, they're leading from the space of we want to make change. And we know that people that work in nonprofits don't make a lot of money. So if you're coming to this space and you're wanting to make change, you still want to make money. And Women making money is really important because we need to be able to stand on our own two feet and take care of our families if we have them, if we have kids and things like that. But also because the narrative of the corporate world is that you're going to get paid less. If I'm starting out for myself, I want to create a business where I'm financially strong. And so it's important. And if we can do that in this kind of work, then we are changing the game.
0: This one is like, is so deeply important for women everywhere. And the more that I read, the more like both nervous and worried I get about women's financial security. And then also like the more, I don't know, on a bender I am. (laughs) That's not the right word, but like on a rampage. (laughs) Again, need another word. Just so passionate about it because women's money is so tied to women's freedom when you wrote that on your site, I was like, ding, 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 like, yes, amen. Let me let me, like shout this from the rooftops. So in your work, right? Let me back up a little bit. In your work, you're an online business manager. Can you share for people who don't know what that is? Like, what does that mean? And how do you work?
1: So uh, everyone defines it a little bit differently. So basically, what an online business manager does is I help women who are own micro-businesses, so entrepreneurs, like life coaches, anyone who their main business is online, I help them essentially make more money and make sure that they have systems in place that allow them to have more freedom with their time. I don't have an elevator pitch. And people always ask, well, what is that? It varies from client to client. Mm-hmm. So normally what it looks like is I'm someone who goes in and I systematize someone's business. So, you know, they have clients that they need to onboard. Great. Let's do a system so that you're not spending all of your time sending emails and all of these things. Let's create a process that gets you more time and allows your clients to know how you're going to work with them. You get a ton of emails. Great. Let's go through and see what are the normal questions you're getting and maybe create an FAQ so you're not in your inbox all the time. You need more eyes on your website. Great. Let's get you more social media presence and get your list built so you can sell to your list. I do the things that help make their business more profitable and also free up them from doing the day-to-day little tasks so that they have time to be be more creative inside of their business and also step away from their business. Because sometimes what happens in this kind of work is that we become synonymous with our business and we work all the time, you know, because you have the luxury of opening up your laptop at 2 a.m., maybe you do, and maybe you have to because you haven't created those systems. So I like to go in and help you create those systems and things so that you have more time.
0: Hmm. I love that. I was having a long conversation with a friend about like the difference between a VA and an OBM. So between a virtual assistant and an online business manager. And she came up with this difference that she was like, well, one of them is a very useful assistant. And the other one is like hiring a COO for your business. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody who has organizational and strategic ability to help you like, just as you're saying, systematize things. I think the revelation for me was how hard it is for entrepreneurs to mind switch between strategy, planning and systems, and then the making and the creative work. And going back and forth, having somebody to bounce ideas around with like you, or to be the right hand strategic person is just a game changer.
1: Right, it is. And, you know, I would say I started out as a VA, my first client, she was hiring a VA. And I took that position and then quickly Within like a couple of weeks helped her make a bunch of money simply by, we're always in our inbox, making sure we're responding to people, setting up a couple of systems. And I quickly learned that I'm not a task manager and like, that's not my gift. And that's not where like I'm most helpful. Like I do get things done, but I'm not the person who you're going to give me a list of things. And that's all I'm going to do. I have, you know, tons of ideas for how to make your business a little bit better you know, how to give you more time. And at the end of the day, these kind of relationships an OBM, or even a VA who's working with you inside of your business, they become so ingrained with each other. Like my clients become like friends and become family because we are in each other's business like that. So I think I naturally progressed into an OBM because I wanted more of a role and helping women actually move their businesses forward.
0: How did you come to do this work? Like, what was the path that led you here? Oh, wow. I wish there was like a <laughs> direct path. You know, it
1: started off, I've been blogging for a while on and off. I used to only talk about being a single mother. That was my like, first blog. And I've always been a writer of some sort. And I used to work in the oil and gas industry and I got laid off. And I took some time off after my first layoff. Then I went about six months, went back to work, got laid off again. And that second layoff, I was like, I don't know if I can withstand another layoff. And so I was applying for jobs and, you know, normal corporate world. I worked in HR. So I had a couple of interviews and I had one that I love. There was this job I really wanted. And I made it through like four rounds of interviews. And the last interview was with the director of human resources. And they loved me. It was great. And they called me and said, we loved you, but you're overqualified. And I was so taken aback because I went through four rounds of (laughs) interviews. You know, you read my resume, you've talked to me, you know, where I'm at, but they felt I was overqualified. And that was like a stab in the heart. And I was like, I can't go back into this space. And so I took some time and was just hanging out and taking care of my kids. So maybe not really hanging out, but one of my, (laughs) (laughs) but I was involved online. Like I was on Facebook, you know, still active on Facebook and joined a couple of communities online. One of my close friends, Invited me to a Facebook group. I was on there. And then the owner of that Facebook group, as it was growing, said she needed a VA. And she put it on Facebook. I didn't really know her. I just had been active in her Facebook group. And I reached out and said, hey, I think I could do this. Sent her my resume. And the rest was history. She kind of just hired me and we went from there.
0: Wow. And then that makes so much sense with the mission now as I have it in front of me, which I love how this all wraps together. The mission to fortify women so they stand tall in the belief that they are powerful beyond measure in business Mm -hmm. and other facets of life. Oh my gosh. I want to take this and put it up on my wall. (laughs) It's so great. Can you talk a little bit about this mission?
1: Well, the mission was born out of looking at women are so dynamic, right? We are multifaceted. We have a lot going on. You're, you're never just, I'm working on a business. You know, it's normally I'm working on the business and I have kids and I volunteer here and I have all of these things going on. And I wanted to make sure that people That were working with me understood that I get that because I am that woman. I have kids outside of business. Like I love art and culture. Like I'm multidimensional. And so I wanted women to come and work with me and feel comfortable knowing that I get it. And you can bring all of that into our work because I want us to both be fully present in who we are and not just put on this facade that I'm only strictly about business.
0: I love that. Now, interweaving all of this, of course, is the parenting journey. And Mm -hmm. on this podcast, I ask people about both because they're never separate, as you just mentioned. So tell us about your parenting journey. And yeah, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So I am a mother of four, single mother of four. I have four boys. My oldest is 12. I have twins that are nine and a five- year old going on 35 year old he is a lot Um, (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) that means that he's the youngest of four boys so he is just very dynamic very doesn't like the word no at all very much his own person at five like he knows what he wants his nose are very quick and very affirmative so yeah so that's what I have I have a house full of testosterone and uh, me like I said, I worked in the corporate world for such a long time. And so I did what I call the mommy journey every day. I would get my kids up, get them ready, drop them off. You know, at the time when I was still in corporate, my son was in, in an at-home daycare, my youngest son. So I would take my oldest sons to school, take him to daycare and then get to work. And then, and then I'd reverse it on the way home. And so, you know, you're talking about two to three hours in traffic every day. And so that was my life. And it was tiresome. And then when I got into this work, it was a whole different kind of tired because now like I'm working from home and my kids are home sometimes, you know, like during breaks and summertime, especially this past summer, that was a learning experience it was my first summer being home with them and working as well. I will say birthing a business has been like similar to like birthing my kids, like in not knowing what's around the corner but still doing it anyway, and still making those hard decisions. A lot of it has been interwoven. And my kids wholeheartedly understand what I do now. They understand that I work from home. They understand that I have clients. They understand that I'm on a call. Now, do they respect that all the time? No, but it's a lesson for them in building your own, your own kind of business.
0: I have so many questions about this. And that phrase, the mommy journey, you know, the morning and the night before and after mm-hmm. work. I was just reading this article the other day about this guy. I was like, you are a single childless person because he was like, the most important thing that you do happens between 5 p.m. after work until 9 a.m. before work. That's the time when you get ahead. And I was like, you don't have kids. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, clearly, no. you don't have kids <laughs> because some of us are doing a lot of other work. It's such a huge amount of work taking kids to and from places and making sure that everyone's taken care of. So you mentioned in there, too, that you're a single mom of four boys. And there's an article that you wrote called Not All Single Mothers Are Created Equal that just like was so important. It's so important because we don't want to lump the experience of all women into one bucket. And the phrase single mom can be like an offhand flippant remark as though it signifies one thing. So Mm -hmm. what did you mean that not all single mothers are created equal? What does that mean to you?
1: Well, I had a coach for a long time. She's a really good friend now. Her name is Kate Anthony. When I met her, she was a coach for single mothers. And that's how I ended up working with her because I needed a life coach. I was in this phase of life where I kind of wanted to propel myself into a new direction and I needed help. And so I found her online. And like I said, at the time, she was a coach for single moms and she was a single mom herself, but we had different journeys inside of that single motherhood. And as we became friends, I started realizing certain women will say, Oh, I'm a single mom for the week my husband's traveling, or I'm a single mom this week, my husband's working late. And when I think of single mom, and when society thinks of single mom, they're not thinking about that mom. They're thinking about the woman who doesn't have any help from the father at all, who is doing it all by herself, you know, all financial decisions, all, you know, School decisions, doing the homework, that is what society thinks about single mom. And when we throw race in there as well, when we talk about single motherhood, it's usually talking about black single mothers because a lot of the focus inside of like reports and any kind of like analysis has been on the black single mother. When I say they're different, I am a single mother by the true definition. I don't have financial help. For three of my sons, because my sons have different dads. So for three of my sons, I have no financial help. I have no material support in in terms of like time or things like that. So it is all me. The other kind of mom is like a co-parent, basically. Like you have someone you're co-parenting with, you can make decisions with. If you're having a rough day, maybe you can call the father and be like, can you talk to him or come get him? I don't have those options. So it's very different. Everything weighs on me. And so I wake up thinking about, and you know, most moms do thinking about all the things I need to do, but there is no one else to balance that.
0: So given that context, how have you created or received, or is there any support around you? Like, what are the support systems look like and who helps and is it enough?
1: That's a great question. So I just put on Facebook the other day that I'm going to put out an ad for a co-parent. Um, (laughs) similar to a roommate, but someone that would share household financial duties and like cleaning duties and love on my kids and I love on their kids. And that would be the container. And I said that because I do have support, but support goes, right? You don't have someone in your house constantly. Helping you break up the fights for the 50th time about Pokemon cards. Like, there's not someone there to balance that. Like, my mother is around. My brother is really close to his nephew, so he helps me every morning, comes and picks them up, takes them to school. He helps get their hair cut. He provides a lot of that male role model figure for them. I have a really close network of friends that we've been friends for a really long time. And then I've made friends inside of this online business world journey, where I show up really authentic on Facebook. Like I said, I've been a writer for a long time. So I show up that way. And I talk about my struggles inside of motherhood and inside of business and inside of womanhood and inside of blackness. And I talk about all of those things. And so I've met some women, I feel like been called into my life to be friends, and they provide a lot of support. So We use an app called Boxer, one of my friends and who's also works in business online as well. And we talk about motherhood and business and all of those things. So they provide support in that nature, but it still is very hard. There are days where it is a really hard journey, you know, between Mm -hmm. motherhood and being a businesswoman and all of the goals and hopes and dreams that I have just as a human that have to sometimes slide to the back. To make sure my sons are taken care of. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. I like one of my biggest blind spots is that I'm in a partnership and I'm a on the affluent white side of things, right in a cis relationship. And and mm-hmm. there's just so many factors working for me that I I just constantly ask questions about like what would it be mm-hmm. like if my partner weren't here or if I weren't this privileged race color. It just sounds so challenging. What? Um, Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always get the question of, well, how do you do it? You're so courageous. You're so strong. And I don't know if I I think of it like that, right? I just know I have to do it. And there's always a choice. I could throw in the towel on a bunch of things. But I feel like there is a reason. And one of my taglines used to be, I'm Making a message out of my mess. That's why I was sharing because I wanted other young women, other young black women, particularly who maybe found themselves in the same situation with, you know, multiple fathers for their children lacking in support. I wanted them to know that it is still possible. Is it easy? No, possible to kind of create your life the way you want it. Yes, there has to be awareness around the obstacles that are in place but it is possible. So I think that's still where I lead from that. No, it's not pretty and buttoned up and has a ribbon on it. It's really not. But I do get up every day and show myself a little bit of grace and self love and affirm that it's all going to work out in the end.
0: Hmm. This is such an interesting conversation to be having because there's that book. Oh, who is it by? I think it's Rebecca Solnit um mm-hmm. all the single ladies yes have, is that the one and I the, think so the rise of like single women in this country and just like the demographics of what the landscape of families and parenthood and even womanhood look like are changing so much like we're not going in the quote unquote expected directions the norms and when you have 50% of women who are potentially unmarried, and then half of moms are unpartnered or single by choice, in so many occasions, it's like, well, now that this is the reality, let's start. Like, yeah, like, what do we do with this collectively with our Mm -hmm. wisdom? How do you think about these big, like, conversations about this changing narrative of womanhood and parenting? And and mothering in the landscape of the future of families or the variety of families that are coming?
1: I mean, I think we went so long into the direction of these nuclear families where it's a husband, it's a wife, it's the 2.5 kids, you know, and the dog, like that's where we went. And then if you didn't have that, your life sucked and you clearly cannot show your face. And I think we're moving towards the direction of being inside more community on a human to human level. No matter, you know, if you're coupled or not, your gender identity or anything like that. And it's important. I know that I've been recognizing anytime I talk about on Facebook or to my friends about how sometimes it's lonely inside a single motherhood. I always get back from women that. We need to all be in more community. Like, you know, we need to go back to the notion of it takes a village to raise a child. And mm-hmm. I think for a long time, the direction was you have to have the husband and the wife and the kids. And that's the only way it could be done. And what we're seeing now, and I know for me inside of my situation is my friends help me raise my kids because, you know, they have kids too and they'll go hang out with them. And we have this kind of bond. We'll do Thanksgiving together and things like that. So we do that. But women right now, even though there's still this massive, you know, pay gap and there's still such patriarchal systemic stuff, women are more empowered than ever to kind of make future forward decisions that allow for their highest joy. And that's kind of where I come from is that in my work, I want to make sure that women are designing their businesses so that they are feeding their highest joy instead of keeping them inside the patriarchal system. So I think when we talk about women, you know, being single and all that, it's because men don't have their thumbs on us as much as they used to. Hmm. And that's important.
0: Oh, wow. There's so much to unpack here. And listeners can probably tell I'm even stumbling over the questions a little bit because it's like, where do we start having this <laughs> conversation? Um, one thing I want to reflect on is just previously, we just published our 10 core values of the Startup Pregnant podcast and the Startup Pregnant philosophy. And the second one is that there is deep power in community and collaboration. The idea that the word just right, the nuclear family, which is a strange Mm -hmm. word. Like nuclear? Like why is it called that, right? (laughs) Right. That's an idea I heard from Krista Tippett. And that the family itself is just changing and shifting and maybe is actually more arbitrary than we know if we go back Mm -hmm. in history and we look. And everything you're saying just speaks to this questioning towards the future of, well, what does community look like in the future? And Mm -hmm. what does it look like even to you said it kind of tongue in cheek, like I'm hiring a co-parent, but really there are startups out there that are working on this puzzle. I don't know. Have you heard of co-abode? Yes, I have. Yes. Right. Like yeah. amazing. Can you share yep. about it? Yeah. I mean,
1: I saw them years ago on the Today Show before they like redesign their website and all of those things. And I was in like a not great relationship and I was like, oh, this could definitely be an option for me. I forgot about them. And then I Put that declaration out on Facebook and one of my friends dropped it on there. I was like, Oh, this does exist. And because we need it, we need to be able to, as we're screening for partnership, like match.com, eHarmony, or things like that, we need the ability to screen for like our day to day kind of relationships. And if I could find like a co parent that we could do life together, that would be fabulous and i think a lot of women feel that way because there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure anyway inside of womanhood but if you can do Understatement that statement of the year <laughs> <laughs> right but if you can do it without all of the stuff that becomes entangled inside of like relationship when you're like an intimate relationship but if i have a friendship with someone where we have a contract that yeah we live together and we help each other through life That could be wonderful for a lot of people.
0: And for people who are listening that have never heard of this, I stumbled across it when a family member is a single mother and started looking for resources to help co-abode helps single mothers live together. Like that idea of like having children is amazing. And it's also just a huge leash. Like, Like you're just stuck in some regards. Where do they go if you're the only one taking care of them? And being able to pop out to the store and like get a bottle of milk or or I think they call it a gallon, right? A gallon (laughs) of milk. (laughs) I'm I'm in babyland over here. A gallon of milk or like run down and pick up the groceries or whatever it is you need to do without having to formally like hire a babysitter for 15 minutes and doing this. It's like two mothers with their kids can live in the same house and be like, hey, going to go like grab the sugar from the store, be right back. And it just say it's so much time, efficiency overlap, because I don't know, putting all these mothers in boxes all by themselves separated is just like, that's the weird thing. Yeah, right. It is. When you say
1: like, go out the house for a second to get some milk, like, for me, that is a whole experience. (laughs) Like, okay, like, who's coming with me to go to the store? Where you're going to ask for 50,000 things? Can't I just leave you? Like, is there someone I can like leave you with kind of thing? I get stuff delivered all the time. So now I'm like Amazon fresh, like deliver all my stuff to me. But that's kind of what we created. Now I feed into the capitalist system because I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice of having someone in my home to like help me mitigate, like paying for someone to deliver goods to me. So yeah, I mean, if we could take away the isolation from single motherhood and, you know, like single mothers, already feel isolated in themselves because of what society like dumps on them for being a single mother. Like, Oh, like, where's your husband? Oh, what happened? What did you do? What is wrong with you that you couldn't keep your husband, boyfriend, whatever around? Like it's already a stigma that you get being a single mother throw on isolation. It can be very crushing. So I have just, you know, really been looking at ways in my own life of trying to make sure I'm not getting crushed.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are the heaping piles of shame that we like dose out to women and (laughs) give them for doing all these things wrong. It's unbelievable, right? And part of the work of this podcast is, my greatest hope is that by telling these stories and by sharing them, we can kind of like point a lens at them or shine a flashlight into each of these things and be like, oh, wait actually, I don't want your garbage truck full of shame. Like, I (laughs) get away, you know. So in the moments when it is the hardest in terms of running your own business and being the single mother of four, what's important to you in terms of resilience? And what practices do you have to like stay sane? Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had to really Really look at this inside of, you know, this time that I've been in business because I am what I consider like a workaholic. Even before having my own business, I love work. Like it is ingrained in me that I just, I love it. I love getting stuff done. Like that is my happy spot. So, you know, when people talk about like self care, self care for me would be like writing a new blog post or watching a new webinar on something like that. So I find joy in that stuff, but because it's also my business, I can get overwhelmed with it. So I've always cultivated the practice of making sure I get up way before my kids do, just so that I have some peace. Because if I wake up the same time that they wake up, then they start at 100. I start at zero. (laughs) Like They are already (laughs) 10 steps ahead of me. And so I have to give myself the clarity in the morning to kind of be ready for work, business and for them. So I do that. And in that space, you know, I read a lot. So I'm making sure I read. I have incorporated in the last six months, making sure I'm meditating every day. And that has vastly changed my patience and my capacity to deal with overwhelm. There's a app called Headspace that I didn't think I could meditate, but it walks you through doing it on it as a daily practice, you know, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, and kind of warming yourself up for that. I would also say like not keeping things in has been really helpful for me. So I kind of use Facebook like my journal, like I talk about all the things. So being in community, even when I can't be in community, because being a single mom, I can't get out all the time. It's a lot to bring all my kids with me to go hang out at my friend's house or, you know, take them out to, you know, run around or things like that. So Sometimes these online spaces provide a lot of community for single mothers and women in general to kind of find the spaces where they can fit in and maybe make long term friends. And I've had that experience. And it's also been talking with other women, having similar conversations that we're having about what it really takes to be inside of this online business space and be a woman and be a mother. And for me, it's also be a Black woman. And that's probably top of the list because when we look at the online space, like they sell you a bunch of dreams and they don't tell you how to get there and they make it seem like easier than it is. And so, yeah, just making sure I am sustained in the ways that I explained has helped me and helps me think of long-term goals as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love everything that you're saying. I mean, the meditation practice. Wow, what an interesting journey. And he said it helped you kind of, I don't know the words you use, but like stay calmer or less reactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So
1: having four boys, like they fight over the world, <laughs> like all the things. And then being in business one-on-one with people, like having one-on-one work and then like all of the nuances inside of that, it can get very taxing. And you can lose part of like, I don't say who you are, but you start to just put everyone's needs first, your clients, your kids, you don't really know like what you want to do. And so meditation for me has centered me and allowed me to create space so that I can be a forward thinker and not so reactive to everything when things don't maybe go as well inside of my business, or I drop the ball here not being so hard on myself, because those things happen. And being able to be fully present is really important to me. And so meditation has helped me do that.
0: I think that's so, so critical. And that Headspace app, I've used it, it's great. And it's easier than I think I thought it would be just like you're saying, like, there's a little bit of fear of like, what is this thing they're asking me to do? And they walk you through it and you're like, oh, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And then the other thing I think that you said that was so important is that in-person physical community can be really hard to do when you are a business owner and a mother and a parent and a single mother on top of that. And searching out and finding those communities online of people that think like you or have experienced similar things or have the like brain extension, the network extension of, oh, they've been in this situation before and I can tap into this well of wisdom, this community of people who can help me think through these problems is so critical. In many ways, the digital revolution has been, I think, like such a light for the absence of community maybe Mm -hmm. in the in-person space.
1: Yeah, I think you have to be open to it, right? You have to be willing to show up and be discerning about who you allow into your space. But I will tell you, I've made some really great friends and I can actually call them friends. We've, you know, chatted via Zoom, then they become someone I'm texting regularly, and then we're having conversations regularly. And that has happened because I've allowed myself to show up in perfect and share my story and not feel like I'm going to be judged because of it. Now, there are moments where I do feel that way, but because I've shown up as authentically as I have and made connections and it allows other people to show up that way, I still do it. So it is, and it can be a great way to meet your community. And One of my really close friends, we met like a year ago and she was a client at first and then she no longer needed me as, you know, an OBM, but we still loved each other in the sense that we got each other, like her journey, even though she's older than me, her journey was similar. And so I went to California to visit one of my other friends and I, you know, visited her and it, it can create these lifelong friendships if we allow it.
0: That's wonderful and beautiful. And I hope that people listening, if you haven't dipped your toes into the digital waters, you know, give it a try and see what happens. And Toy, for everybody listening, how can they find out more about you? Where do they find you online?
1: Well, you know, for my online business work, you can find me at smithbizpartners.com. And so that's where I do a lot of business writing and you can find, you know, out how to work with me. I also have a blog where I write about motherhood and intersectional feminism and things like that. And that can be found at ToyMarie.com.
0: Thank you so much for being a listener of the show. A few more things before we end this episode. First, if you know of a woman or a friend that would benefit from this show, send them a link to our website at StartUpPregnant.com. So many of you have already reached out and shared your stories, what this podcast is doing for you. And for that, I am so grateful. So if you know of somebody that would love to listen in, or you think that these stories would really hit it home for somebody, feel free to send it along. Second, if you've got a story that you need to share or tell, head over to startuppregnant.com and send us a note. We have had so much reader mail already, and your stories mean the world to us. We are proudly listener-sponsored, so if you want to sponsor the show and hear more episodes, head over to our Patreon page, and you can buy us a cup of coffee, or two, or three. We'll take many cups of coffee. If you want any of the show notes or links from this particular episode, all of the references and tools and tips that we talk about are always posted on StartupPregnant.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.